Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. there welcome to this week's show it is with benny walker and i think we're up to about episode number seven of tell me your tales benny is a singer and songwriter who is based in achuka moama he lives just around the corner from me actually in moama probably about a k away i think we cover that in the podcast it was great to catch up with benny on a summer's afternoon and have a couple of beers and have a bit of a chat i remember the week that benny came around actually it was one of those crazy weeks where I was on school camp for three days and had a charity dinner one of the nights and also the Echuca Moama Sports Star of the Year Awards. And it was just one of those weeks where you just rush from one thing to the other. And it was good just to be able to stop and, as I said, have a couple of beers and have a really decent chat and just switch off phones and just be present for an hour and a half. Not that I wasn't present in those other things, but to just take away all those external factors of the week. So... I have fond memories of this chat, and not that I want to play favourites, but this was one of my favourite conversations I've had so far. I guess that it was a highlight for me because it seemed really genuine and natural, and it was one of those chats where I forgot the microphone was on pretty early, and it just seemed to roll all over the place, which is exactly what I want to achieve with this podcast. A huge thanks to Benny for, um, well, firstly, agreeing to be on the podcast, especially in its early days. And for sharing so much during his chat, he could have easily just covered the basics about the music and his upbringing, but we went off on a couple of tangents a couple of times and we got into some good content and um, yeah, it was really good to see him open up. So I really thank him for that. Overall, exactly what I want to achieve in this podcast. It was amazing that, you know, after we chatted for an hour and a bit, I gave him a bit of a tour of my house and we were still talking about things that interested us and that we were passionate about. And I've seen him, you know, running around Moama a couple of times. So it was almost like, you know, I really think a, a good relationship has developed off the um, off the top of this podcast episode, which is good and something I value. If you haven't heard his music, definitely check it out. I think I said it in the conversation, but in case I didn't, one of his singles off his latest album, which is titled Oh No You Don't, was um, one of the tracks that Carly and I really listened to a lot over in Europe. And... Yeah, whenever I hear it again now, I actually heard it when I was out for lunch the other day at um, in Bendigo at the Rising Sun pub. I was out there for lunch and it came on. I thought, oh, I know this song. This bloke was in my um, kitchen a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, I'm getting off topic there. But it was definitely one of the songs that we loved and was definitely on our Europe playlist last year. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely check it out. Uh, what else can I tell you? Before we push play, a bit of a quick update about what I'm up to. I'm on school holidays at the end of this week, which is uh, crazy to think about how fast the first term of school has gone. 
Uh, seems like just yesterday that we were celebrating Christmas. So nine weeks down already at quarter time, which is good. School's been pretty smooth and having Thursdays off work this year has definitely given me a much better balance uh, in my life. Uh, these holidays definitely one of my favourites because the weather turns a bit cooler and it's awesome for running. You know, you get to see your family at Easter time. Just, yeah, really good memories from these holidays. And talking of running, I've had a month of running no more than 100 kilometres a week. Uh, a bit of a difference for me. I'm used to kind of doing 160 or 180 kilometres a week, but I'm just addressing a few things in my health at the moment that kind of suggested that I was doing a bit too much training so just giving me a chance to bounce back and to recover from flogging myself for a few weeks there. 100k weeks are good though it's almost the perfect amount I've been doing a good long run and two training sessions a week and just a tiny bit of jogging around that so it's pretty similar to a normal week just no junk kilometers which has been fun it's kind of good to good to change up now and then and give the body a bit of a rest Fingers crossed though, I'll get some good blood results in the next week or two and can give me the green light to just increase it a little bit and then we'll see how we go from there. Alright, thanks for listening. You probably didn't tune in to hear me talking about myself, but here we go. This is an episode and a good chat with Benny Walker. Actually, before I hit play, just a heads up, there are a few F-bombs in there. So if you've got young kids around, maybe chuck in the headphones or save it for another time. Enjoy. Welcome to uh, my house in Maloma. Thanks, mate. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, no, pleasure to have you here. I, um, we don't kind of see much of each other. I guess we probably live about a K, a K around the corner, but other than yeah. a few runs now and then going past each other, that's about it. Yeah, that's about it, mate. And you generally breeze past me about three times the speed. Yeah. But um, yeah, we only live yeah, about a K apart. And I think probably with you know both of our schedules, not only are you a school teacher but obviously with your running you're probably here there and everywhere like I am with uh, touring and you know um, being in Melbourne every other week basically but um, anyway we can sit down and have a chat now have a chat see, see where we go we'll have a yeah. couple of beers and we'll, um, we'll go from there um, do you want to describe yourself because it could be a, <laughs> it could be a bit of a mixture of people from a chuka download this that know exactly who you are yeah and maybe some runner mates who probably think you're an elite runner or something but yeah I'm no da- um, no far, far far from an elite runner um, I dabble dabble uh, <laughs> with the shirt off out of the factory <laughs> yeah. when there's no one around <laughs> uh, I'm a singer songwriter I was born and raised uh, here in Echuca born in the Echuca hospital uh, my my uh, my ancestry goes back a long way here. My grandfather was um, uh, grew up on the Kamraganja Mission just outside of Echuca, so I'm a Yorta Yorta man through and through. Um, you know, a lot of musical, uh, musically minded people in my family. Um, both grandparents, uh, both both grandfathers were uh, musicians, and my dad and one of his sisters was a singer, and a lot of cousins that play and. You know, it was just something that was always around, and it was uh, obviously a, an interest that I had a real passion for, and um, just kept drawing me back to it. And it was something I always 
had outside of normal life, and for me it was normal anyway, but outside of what other people would consider normal, you know, I played sport on weekends, football and cricket and basketball and athletics and everything like that. And um, yeah, on the side, I was always into music and, and theatre studies at school and those kinds of things. So I was kind of split between the jocks and the artsy kind of yeah. groups at school, which I really like. And I even so now, I've still got groups groups of friends on both sides um, of that and, and then you find the people that are like-minded that are into both and, and you learn that it's okay to be a musician and also like footy yeah. which uh, for a long time I think people yeah, it felt like you had to pick a side for some reason but yeah anyway so uh, you know I, I left high school I went to school in Echuca I went to St. Mary's and St. Joe's and um, once I left school um, I worked at St. Mary's as a Koori educator for a year, um, just out of school. Straight out of year 12. Yeah, yeah. so really young, but, you know, I um, I was just, uh, you know, it was, it was like a teacher's aid role. You know, I was there to support, you know, and liaise with the parents and, and that. And um, I, took that, I took that job on... Um, I wanted to take on that responsibility and it was something that I was passionate about. You know, I really... Although it was a new role when I was in school, it was nice to have. You felt like there was someone who knew what you were on about. If you, you know, because even now people are still being educated on what, you know, what's culturally sensitive and things like that. But at least if I got upset about something, there was someone that knew why I was upset. Or it may not necessarily be that, but that was something that I always, um, yeah, felt comfort. Uh, comfort in uh, in having the career educator there. So when I got the job, I was um, I was pretty thrilled and did that for a year. And um, then I decided I wanted to change in career. And at the time, I thought I wanted to uh, work my way up the corporate ladder. And I took a job at Westpac. Yeah, Westpac in Melbourne. I've got that in my yeah, notes. Yeah. So I started in the Echuca branch first, and then. Um, transferred to Melbourne and did two years there and after a year in Melbourne I decided that I really really didn't want to do that anymore but I stuck it out for another year but in that time I'd um you know I'd been writing I'd been writing since mid high school early high school but I'd really got stuck into it a lot more and and it was a real release for me and it was something I really enjoyed as well so I um sort of in my mind I thought well I could sit here and count other people's money and, and really not enjoy what I'm doing. Or at the very least, I can go and, you know, play gigs and, you know, I knew I was going to be starting out, so I'd be taking crappy gigs in the corners of pubs underneath TV screens and playing to people's backs. Yeah. But at least I get to play guitar and sing and, and get paid for it. And, you know, I, I decided to go and record my first... A uh, little EP. I had a friend that was working at a studio, and the studio had some downtime, so I was able to get in there cheap. And um, it was just going to be a demo. And then he was a drummer, so he put some drums on it. And then another young guy that was working in the studio, uh, he, he played bass. So then we just basically between us, we 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 were able to cover most of the basses, and I put this little five-track EP together. And um, pretty much from there. That was kind of really, really the first step to me, for me to to make a career out of it. And um, 
what I did after that is I did a trip around Australia. I, I sold the car I had. My, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, we bought a uh, like this old yellow Toyota pop top camper van and yeah. just travelled around Australia. And I just wrote songs as we went, and you know, just kept. Well, I couldn't stop thinking about wanting to make a career of touring around and playing music and where you know what that could be. You know, you have all these lofty ambitions, but I really didn't know what all the little stepping stones in between were going to be and whatever I was going to um, have to endure along the way, or what I was going to come, who I was going to come in contact with. And another person that um, had a huge impact on that was um, I got uh, backstage passes to to Ben Harper at the Rod Laver Arena, and I was a huge fan, and it probably shows in a lot of my earlier music. And um, Anyway, I went backstage and, and got to meet him. And, you know, you, they say you should never meet your, you know, your idols because they're never <laughs> as you were. But he was exceeded all expectations. The nicest and coolest guy I ever met. And I walked out. I was like, I'm going to do it. And, yeah, I just set my sights on it from around that time. And I've been yeah. sort of pushing forward. You gave me so much content. <laughs> That's I told you. I was it. trying to just, yeah, just take down notes as we are going. I want to go back to the St. Mary's thing just because I work there sure. and um, that's how I started. I was an integration aide straight out of uni for six months, so that's interesting to hear that. But could you identify, well, that's a big thing to be able to do, like maturity-wise, when mm. you finish school at 18, to know that there's Indigenous kids at school that you can make their life better mm. just from your upbringing through the system. Yeah. Like, so obviously, do you want to talk about that? For Yeah. I, you knew that need was there from such a young age? Yeah. Um, I remember when I was going to St. Mary's and Kerry East at the time was the uh, Koori educator and I didn't none of us really knew what the role was we just knew that one of our aunties was you know was going to be at the school so if we needed to turn to someone she was there and she wasn't like another teacher she wasn't like anyone else that worked at the school she she was there for us and especially at that time in your life where especially me coming from a mixed background you know your friends can because they're only young and immature and they don't know any better like things that come out of people's mouths and no one really knows what it means no i don't i didn't know how to take it i didn't know how to react to it and when you're a kid especially a, a boy like you tend to act aggressively and um thankfully you know we did have Carrie there at an early age and, and, and she was able to liaise with teachers or the principal or whoever it was and and just get across why we felt the way and, and if it was something that wasn't clear cut for them and maybe may for us just to sort of you know give a bit of an insight into into um, you know what these kids might be going through or we might have been going through and then yeah so going back to how I got into the job you know like I said I'd finished year 12 and um I saw it come up, and yeah, like I said, just I just know how valuable it was for me, and I always feel like I've been a, someone that thinks a lot, and in that, I always try to put myself in other people's shoes or have some sort of empathy for what someone else is going through, and if there's a way that I can positively impact that through my own actions, I will try without, you know stepping on toes or whatever but it kind of just stuck out to me that I saw the job and I just jumped at it and yeah it was a good time like I'm a good time in my life and like I said I was like I said I was young and 
Um, and it probably did a lot for me as far as also getting even more in touch with with my uh, with my culture and meeting other families around from around the town that knew my grandparents and my dad and his sisters and my aunties and uncles on that side, but I hadn't connected the dots and it was, and that's a really important thing I think for Aboriginal people is knowing where the dots are connected and who you connect and how you connected to them because now that I tour around the country um, you know I could be on the other end of the you know, other side of Australia and someone will say oh who's your mob and I'll tell them oh Uncle Archie oh, and, I, and they'll, they'll tell you exactly how they know him and how, or how you you know how you related or whatever and um, yeah it was an important time for me to get, get an awareness for how um, the Aboriginal community, I guess it's almost like a hierarchy or just the, res- the way the respect is there. You know, if if there's a, someone that's my parents' age or around my parents' age, um, that's an elder, their auntie or uncle, one way or another. If, um, you know, if, there, if there's someone who's years back, you know, generations back is, you know, my grandfather's cousin married their grandmother's cousin, that's my cousin. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's a huge family, and it was yeah, it was something I'm glad I got to learn even more about at that at that time in my life before I really got into the quote unquote real world and yeah. and, and and pursued this career of music and, and touring around and just having that respect. Did you know much about the Cumbria Gunja stories and stuff growing up? Like, cause that wouldn't have been in the curriculum. No. Back when you were a kid, yeah, would it? No, definitely not. It was it was still the Captain Cook story. Yeah. It was history yeah. for us, yeah. which is which is almost laughable. But if it was, if it wasn't oh. so frustrating, and still, you know, yeah. yeah, and you're you know you work in schools, you know you know uh, how it is. Well, I've learned more now as a teacher, mm. having to teach it, than I did when I was a kid. Like it's yeah, um, yeah and just. You know, reading books off Christine Seabay. I can remember she gave me um, Sir Doug Nicholson's book, yeah. a couple and Cumbra Gundra stuff, yeah. and the boy from Cumbra Gundra, I think it was yeah. called. And um, we had Uncle, uh, his name escapes me, come out and did a fire ceremony with the kids. Um, Uncle Rick Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like things like that is just like we never got any of that at school, and yeah. now it's so good seeing that this next generation of kids are yeah. getting a bit of it, but still so yeah, much has changed. And that comes from. You know, people get upset when they think people get too offended these days, and I disagree. I think people have always been offended, but they haven't had a platform to show outrage. And unfortunately, it takes people to be, um, well, sorry, not unfortunately, it takes people to be outspoken for change to come. So unless someone was saying, hang on, that's not, that's not where the story begins. The story doesn't begin with Captain Cook and the First Fleet. That would have continued to be taught, and that's the right way, and that's how it is, and... You know, well, it, it takes these strong people to stand up and go, hang on, we've been here for tens of thousands of years. How about we just um, take a few steps back and, and, and try and get some perspective? And that's where the respect's going to come from too. And the mutual, it's a mutual respect too, you know. It, and if there's an understanding between all Australians or an education um for all Australians, um, I think that respect for who the first Australians were is just going to 
continue to increase and, and you know I think a lot of the a lot of uh, hatred and um, racism and bigotry all that comes from fear and all that fear is born out of people just are ignorant to the actual the facts yeah. or or um, history itself you know people just forget a lot of these super conservative people who you know as I don't want to go yeah. too deep oh, into yeah, this yeah, no, as far right. as religion and stuff like that, but, you know, um, yeah, I, I feel like, um, yeah, it's born out of fear, which is, which comes from ignorance. Yeah, but it's not hard though, is it? Like, you read a book or you watch a doco and, like, the facts are, the facts are the facts. I, I've read a bit of Stan Grant's work and he puts yeah. it perfectly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just stuff stated, yeah, well, really easy to understand. And, and, and that's um, a book, uh, his last book, Talking to My People, yeah. Talking to My Country, yeah. is... It's a book that I really um, was able to relate to and, and connect with, um, and I, and probably more so to someone like my dad, who was at risk of being taken and all those kinds of things. And um, but yeah, just and there's just and funny little things too, like there's you know little things that probably other people don't understand that you that you laugh at along the way, and like just different family interactions and stuff like that. But. Um, yeah, I think he's a, he's a very inspirational guy. I was actually trying to get to his... Uh, he did a talk in Ballarat not long after yeah. the book came out, but I had not think I had a gig, so... Yeah. Such is my life. Even him on um, 7.30, like his... Just, like, even not Indigenous issues, just the way he reports on any news. He's yeah. just super black and white, like, ask good yeah. questions, doesn't get too involved, but ask the good ones, yeah. and then can be able to step back from it. He's, um, yeah, it's quite, quite good to read, and... I reckon if every Australian read that book, um, yeah, yeah, it's that's it. the thing. Just educating yourself and knowing what's going on. Definitely. I want to go back to the Westpac stuff mm-hmm. because pretty much you could have easily just stayed in that. Life's a five out of ten, easy paycheck, mm. and not really. <laughs> Life's a five out of ten. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what a lot of people are doing. Like that's it's, good. Yeah, I like. Oh, I think I've taken a day off work this year just because life was a. 8 out of 10 but yeah. I was still like oh, I want to do more running and I want to do this podcast yeah. stuff and I'm like and that was a gutsy move for me to drop one day yeah. but for you to say I'm not going to be stuck in this system I yeah. know I want to do music mm. it's going to be hard you're going to go start straight to the bottom yeah that's exactly right And but the, it was so the fire was already burning so brightly like I just had to do it one yeah. or another and it was like I can just jump in now with both feet and get the hard out of the way yeah. as you know as hard and quick as possible and you know and but all that stuff I loved like thank you it was times when I had I was literally playing in the cellar of a bar to the guy that was doing the sound and my girlfriend yeah. and that's pretty humbling don't get me wrong like, yeah you get to try out some new songs but you don't really <laughs> get much of a uh, feeling for how the audience is going to take on your material when you're doing that but I went and there's and, and no money of course like obviously if there's no one there you don't get paid or yeah. whatever and so they were pretty tough times but that's all you know you can't sing the blues unless you know the blues so it's kind of you know I got to go through the 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 ringer a bit and go through that slog but it was I've enjoyed every step like fighting for everything or not so much fighting but working for each part of it and setting new goals and and 
climbing each little step along the way. Um, you know, small victories, big victories. For everyone that people hear about or see on social media, there's a hundred that didn't come through. And that's fine. That's how it works. And I've, talking, I've spoken to guys who at the top of their game in the Australian music industry who've had the exact same thing. For every outcome, positive outcome or great show they've got or offer or whatever, there's just, there's a, there's a hundred that people don't hear yeah. about, but you know, that's, that's, that's the industry and that's part of the, almost part of the draw for some sick reason. Like you just, because it's not, there's no paved path, you, there's no right or wrong way to do it. So you, you use your instinct. My thing has been to do it in a way that, um, you know, I have my own principles about how I want to go about it in my own head. I know how I want to approach it. I know where I will and where I won't. Um, you know, where I will and won't um, sell myself out on certain things. I know, I know, I know where all my lines are, and I know where where I'm willing to give and where I'm willing, not willing to give, and who I will and won't work with, and what types of things I want to be involved with, and you know, and I also know there's gigs out there that would be offered and there's not an amount of money you could pay me to do it. And then there's other gigs I want to do it so much. I'll do it for cover my costs. I've done it, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a strange, fun, frustrating, fulfilling industry, but it is what it is. But that's the same in anything, though. Like, I know mm. running, like, everyone's, yeah, it looks good when you win a running race, mm-hmm. but... It's the middle of winter at 5 a.m. It's freezing exactly. cold and like no one wants that fun stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And all yeah. the kind of ice baths and the just the yeah. dodgy runs that you feel rubbish yeah. on. Like, it's the same thing. Like, And you talk to any leader in their um, chosen sport or music or whatever it is, they also tell you that there's so right, much hard yeah. work and so many lows that go on behind the scenes yeah. that no one ever sees. But, and, and you know what? Normally, and we don't generally don't speak about it. Like This is a very you know special occasion where it's spoken about. But... It's like, who cares? Like that, you, you're in it because you love yeah. it. Because when it goes right, there's no bigger buzz. Like, yeah, you're right though. Like, you you love that grind, don't you? Like, yeah. I, I know when I sign up for a marathon, you're like, this isn't going to be fun for 12 weeks, but you almost nah. still get excited for yeah. how how much is going to hurt, how yeah. tired you're going to get, how yeah. well it's well, going to go. It's like that. It's a bit of that yin and yang thing where, you know, without without one, you don't have the other. If you don't have the downs and the trials you're not going to appreciate how good it is when it's good if all the time you were running you felt good when you ran and be like oh, when am I going to feel better like or if I didn't have a shitty gig or break a string or you know whatever happens or the sound goes mental or no one turns up how when it all goes right how am I going to you know appreciate it and you appreciate it so much more when it goes well like I said I've done enough Three-hour gigs in small country pubs playing to blokes' backs under TAV screens to appreciate when I get to play a theatre to, to a full house with me and my acoustic guitar and, and everyone listens to everything and then cheers between songs. It's like, man, it just makes you appreciate it so much more. Can we can we speak about mental illness? Sure. Because I know you don't. That's mm-hmm. oh, not your latest song, the one before later single. So. Yep. What October last year? I put it. I put save out in November. I actually put 
I know you done out in June. June, yeah, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I just remember I was overseas, and I think I've told you this, we were sitting in our little Airbnb over in Rome after yeah. the Berlin Marathon last year and just vlogging that song <laughs> on YouTube. It's... um. We definitely contributed to a few little, oh, few uh, hits on that oh, YouTube video. You guys and my mum, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the front. That song you got on the front cover for Rolling Stone Australia with yeah. the whole "This is an F you to mental illness." Yeah, um, yeah, it was. So the album, I'll take you back a little bit yeah. further. So the album before that was called Through the Forest. And yep. that was when I was going through the worst of my um, battle with mental illness. And it was eight sec. So Sinners and Saints was the first album. Yeah. Through the Forest. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Through the Forest, basically even the title itself is... I wrote the song Through the Forest. One day I was just in this really dark place and... Anyway, I went into my home studio and just plugged everything in. I had things set up in a way that was a little bit abstract to how I would normally run it. I had like delays on my guitar, so like echoes for anyone who doesn't know what delays are. And um, this weird vocal effect that sings, so it gets my normal voice and then a harmony either side. So it was like three voices singing. And I had the guitar in this other weird tuning but it really suited exactly like the place I was in and I started playing and I hit, I hit record, I had um, garage band set up and just- I'm <laughs> just, feeling better about myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, just hit record and started playing and I played for like five minutes 50 and turned around and I didn't have a thing written down but I'd sung every word to the song from start to finish and had a song and literally just went into the studio with the producer and replicated exactly what I'd already done so um, I'd, what I had learnt in that time was to take to harness that strange energy that I was I was experiencing and if I was able to muster myself up to do it is get a pen and pad and a guitar or even just a pen and pad and write just write 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 if I had the guitar and the chords I'd just start writing songs and that my songwriting basically really really helped me through that period of time and you know um, it was it was heavy and it was hard and like it was you know and there's days where I'd literally just get back into bed because it was just easier like I just didn't want to know about it. I had no energy. I felt sick. Um, you forget this like guilty feeling over you, or I was anyway. And it was just easy to just my head under the covers, under the pillow, and just go back to bed. Um, Did that gradually think, come on, or was that just you know, like you've been hit by a train, all of a sudden you're feeling like that? Um, I don't ever remember there being like one day I was like, oh, I, I think it must have built, but it built fairly quickly. It was somewhere in between a yeah. gradual and an, and an immediate thing. It just built, but it built quite quickly. Um, and um, yeah, and by the time I wrote the record and was listening back to it, and obviously it had a really dark sound, and I didn't ever think like, and it didn't, like, don't even, like, I didn't ever think that that record was ever going to like be a breakthrough record for me or anything. And it wasn't, and that's fine, because, but I needed that record at the time, and that record, even if it was just me got to record and put it out, it got me through that. 
And, you know, when I saw it and everything like that. But anyhow, moving on from that, I'd started writing a bunch of songs post Through the Forest and um, was just looking at moving towards the next record. What was what's, what did I want to, What kind of stuff was I into? What was I, what did I feel like writing? And I was just writing these kind of like rocky riffs, like just, man, me electric guitar plugged in, took it to the band, we jammed like at, at the um, rehearsal studio. And we did like 15 demos. I was like, yeah, cool. I feel like we're sort of getting somewhere. They need a bit of polishing, whatever. Anyway, two weeks later, sitting up, move, pick up the guitar to move it. I know you don't came along. Literally out of just nowhere. And it happens a bit, and thankfully it does, because you never know where the next, next song is coming from. And I picked it up, and I just started playing the chords. And um, the first line just dropped down on me. I was like, here it comes now, right on town. And I was like, all right, that works. And like, and it wrote, it, the lyrics just kept coming and coming. And it was basically, I oh, know you don't, it was me looking back on that time and or looking back on what I'd learned from that time and knowing that now I, I've got the tools to to oh, I guess not cope because it's not about not really coping. It's I've got the tools now to know when it's coming on and know you know, there's things that I there's certain tools I use for me in those situations that help me just level out basically. I've read a lot of philosophy as well um into taoism um you know my favorite philosopher would be dr alan watts who's who's long gone now but his stuff is really cool and i I spent a lot of time reading his stuff and him and taoism probably really helped me get some perspective and realize that this whole thing we call life is actually really just a big game and we're only here for a split second there's nothing we can do about dying and you know, whatever the worst thing that's happening in your life at the moment, I use this thing where it's, is it, okay, is it going to matter tomorrow? Is it going to matter in a week? Is it going to matter in a month? A year? 10 years? 100? You know, when I'm gone, isn't it's not that big of a deal. Whatever it is, is always, a, you know, there's a way out of it. So now it's, if there's a problem, it's about, you know, what's the solution? Yeah, right. Thanks for sharing. Um following your passion I read somewhere 100 gigs per year mm. that's a lot of time that was a quiet year living, um, living out in a suitcase <laughs> yeah. dodgy roads with kangaroos jump like I know I don't travel nowhere near as much as you but I know how hard it is to get down to Melbourne for a race midweek or being away or living out of a sports bag for two or three days so yeah. how does that you've got to you have to do these things to yeah. follow your passion mm-hmm. some of the things you sacrifice some of the kind of you know, in, how does that impact your life? Look, I don't know. I don't really... I still consider it the best job in the world, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... I miss a few... I might miss the odd wedding or, you know, something. But generally, I'm having such... Like, I, I get to have a pretty good time. Like, I'm either at a festival or at a venue playing music. You know, there's times, obviously, when you sit around or there's things frustrate you for whatever stupid reason... The hardest thing for me is just missing, like being away from home, which is, you know, obviously going to be a huge part of it considering what I do and I travel a lot. Um, but I don't really think I, I don't feel like I'm missing out. And I'm someone that gets FOMO. I get the fear of missing out a lot. Like if I'm at home and I see a photo of my, photos of my friends somewhere that I could have been, like I seriously want to get off the couch and go or 
but I consider myself um, very fortunate to be able to do what I do. So um, yeah, apart from you know missing my wife and son, that's you know the rest yeah. of it's all gravy. And it's kind of I get the same as well. Like that's what you train for. And like yeah, I, yeah, I sat in the car for seven hours the other day for an eight minutes and twenty one second yeah. race. But yeah, that, yeah. that was the but best. At, like I was. Yeah. Buzzing, I finished absolutely pumped, like you're sitting in a race, kind of gritting your teeth, yeah. and someone passing you, like, no, 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 I've sat in the car for four hours to be here. Like, yeah, and it's, it's like, well, yeah, it's like taking any day of the week. It's like getting to the grand final every week, you know yeah. what I mean? For me, like, my whole life, in one way or another, has been directed towards what I'm doing now. And, you know, whether I've thought of it as training or studying, I've been playing guitar since I was 10, I played piano since I was eight. But I've grown up around music and soaked it in one way or another. And the thing, there's certain things I subconsciously have probably chosen to do that have led me to this. So for me, I've, it's like I've worked my whole life into the to this direction. Like this little, you know, I probably haven't taken the most direct route. You're talking about my previous jobs and stuff, but man, for me, it's like that. Every time we get to play a show, it's that's the, that's what I'm working for. It, and it's on your terms like you said it before like it. You're, you're choosing what you're doing no one's exactly. holding a gun to your head saying you've got to play exactly. this gig or do this race or whatever it is it's um yeah, yeah that's the that's the whole thing about following your passion i think yeah um let's go back to that kind of upbringing so your grandfather that was archie mm-hmm. musician yep your father rob's also musician yep so how much and piano at eight guitar at ten mm-hmm. how much was that just ingrained in your upbringing like you were just yeah. practicing and that was that was what you were doing it's you didn't even realize it. yeah it it's just um there obviously when mum and dad bought a piano like a, a brand new piano is not a cheap thing to get and like we weren't you know we weren't millionaires by any means and my sister had started learning mum and dad wanted us to learn to read music and play piano because apparently piano is the best blah 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 the best instrument to learn on. Anyway, I was blessed with quite a good ear. So basically, I would go to piano lessons. The piano teacher would play the song. Would they come in the same year? Would like come into school? And do uh, I always, to there was one time. behind the old Paramount. Uh, well, it's OPT yeah. now. But in behind there, I used to go to piano lessons. There was two little rooms. Um, and Diane Corlett was the, was the piano teacher. My sister had been going there. Mum and Dad sent me along at eight. Anyway, she would basically play the song with the sheet music in front of me and I'd just convince her to play it again. And literally, I'd just listen and just find the first note and then just work my way from there. And I, and it was frustrating her, which I can understand because she wanted me to learn how to read Mum and Dad. But I would just started learning everything by ear. She wanted me to learn... Twinkle, twinkle, I'd go, What's, what key do you want? And I'd find the C and then go from there. Or, you know, and then after a couple of years of that, dad showed me um, a couple of chords on guitar and I'd seen him play for my whole life. My grandfather um, plays pedal steel. My mum's dad played saxophone my whole life. And just everyone played, like it just felt like it was music. And if kids, other kids came over to the house, they were so blown away by guitars and stuff. And I was like, it was, I found it weird that they thought it was out of norm. But, um, yeah, Dad started showing me some chords on guitar and I just, piano just got dropped immediately and I just um, fell head over heels in love with guitar. And um, not long after that, um, one of my aunties, um, my mum's side, married mum's brother, Maren, gave me 
uh, a cassette of Nirvana Unplugged in New York <laughs> and I had this old acoustic guitar at home and I knew a bunch of chords so I just literally sat there used my ear and just learned all the sat there in front of the stereo and just learned all the songs just rewind till I get it okay move on to the next one and yeah just it kind of started there that because I guess my music is rooted in like blues and stuff like that and I feel like the acoustic guitar no matter what you're playing it's got that element to it and yeah from there like I got into like Clapton and then from Clapton I was like oh blues and I was like Jimi Hendrix and that was all over from there I was I was done for it was going to be music yeah and then kicked out of their um band when you were seven St. Joe's yeah and then Just yeah my hopes were dashed thug life straight up yeah well I so what happened there so I was in the year seven and eight high school band and I was only in year seven but I was in a band with all these guys in year eight anyway we were rehearsing every weekend and we had like a, you know we had a bunch of songs down so while all the people at the guys and girls at the front playing wind instruments which seemed to take an eternity to tune we're all down the back and we're like you want to play Rage Against the Machine and we'd bang we'd get, and then sure enough I was the one probably making the most noise so she just went you're out yeah, and, and that was the end of me and the school band but look who's laughing yeah got him covered <laughs> do you want another beer? okay have another one? sure like a quick, quick, quick uh, beer break This podcast is brought to you by Monteith's. Yeah. That's what we need to learn. Yeah, that's absolutely. Could be bad. Get bandicoot. Yeah, bandicoot. Yeah, actually. Good plus for it. Um, what I, about... I can shorten my answers too, if you like. No, no, that's good, mate. You happy to go to six? <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so you're a dad now? I'm a dad. How's life changed? Um... In the best way possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's changed. So all the things that I I loved, like all my passions are still, I have the same amount of love and passion for those things, but I've just found something that trumps them. Yeah. And it is so inexplicable. Like, no matter how I tried, I couldn't tell you what it feels like to be that um, until until you um, you know if you, you find out for yourself. And I've been told, I, I was told that before he came along and, Right now, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, yeah, no matter what you're into or what you love or how much you love it, yeah, nah, it'll trump for that. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it's, he, and we're very, very blessed. He's a, he's a really, really good boy, so. And Archie, is that right? Yeah, Archie. So after your grandfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, what about, what's a, I just, I get kind of, I'm inquisitive about what a daily routine looks like. Yeah. I know what it looks like for yeah, a runner, yeah, yeah. a school teacher, and then you're running. Yeah, for sure. But what's a day look like as a musician? Yeah. Based here? Uh, uh, yeah, so it varies. Obviously, if I'm at home as on the road, it's going to be very different. But generally, you know, I can, I can go through in a lot of detail if you'd like. You literally, my son normally wakes up at 7.30. I get him out of bed every morning. That's my thing I love to do. Bring him back to bed and we just hang out and just, you know, smother him in kisses and wrestle on the bed basically and um mate get up open the laptop while I've got the kettle going turn the wifi back on that kind of thing and um make coffee and do you turn it off every night 
turn wife off every night. With like the rays and stuff, is that what you worry yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Carly and I were talking about this the other yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and initially I was given a book by my manager about all the EMFs, the electromagnetic fields, and the more I read it, I was like, holy shit, we got a, we got a, at the time it's five month old in the house, it's four month old in the house. We had like a baby monitor, we've got the Wi-Fi on, phones just on flight mode, you leave everything turned on, but like plugged in, switched on the wall, but maybe turned off, like the microwave is one. Um, oh, we don't have so, a microwave here. That was yeah, the, you guys are ahead of the game. Airbnb, we put it down there, <laughs> all our guests will um, Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, we, I just, and I, it went... We did that at a similar time as a couple of other things, but he started sleeping better and I sleep better as well, I reckon. Like, you know, whether it's all in my head or not, doesn't matter because it works. <laughs> well, they put the NBN in across the road. They're being like bang, tradies there flat out. And we were just talking the other day about, yeah. is it scary? But even just like sleeping near your phones. Like, oh, so yeah. No, no more. My, no, so our room, the only thing that is on is... Wow, there's pretty much nothing on in our bedroom anymore. I turn my lamp off at the wall these days. Um, phones are in the kitchen on charge, turned off. Those and the fridge are pretty much the only things left on at night time. If it's a hot night, the aircon. Yeah. But we try to shut down as much as we can. Well, I do. I became a bit obsessed with it really quickly. But I don't know. I don't see a problem with it. I think it can't hurt. Whether it, you know, it's gonna save your bills. Exactly, at the very least, I'm gonna save money on electricity. But yeah, so I'll generally, um, yeah, get up, flip the Wi-Fi back on, turn on the phone, laptop, see what comes through. Um, You know, we all kind of hang out. I fast some days, so some days I don't need to have breakfast. I do two days fasting a week, so um, you know, we'll get Fee will get Archie organised, and I'll be. You know, knocking around doing emails or whatever. If I'm working on a song some mornings, I like to get to it. It depends. Like, that's the good thing about me. I don't really have a set routine as such. I can kind of do things as I feel them. But with in no particular order, there's in that in that day, I'm spending an hour in the gym. Um, you know, I, I like I can get lost if I go songwriting. It'll 15 minutes. Oh, what feels like 15 minutes to me could be two hours and you turn around and you're like oh well and like you've been in the cave kind of thing mm. for quite a while and I try and wrap that up well I don't really put a time on it but it seems to wrap up before dinner time sometimes I even go back to it after dinner but you know the little fella goes down um, sort of between 7 and 8 o'clock kind of thing and then it's just you know hang out and watch Suits yeah. On Netflix, <laughs> yeah. well, or, or whatever it is that we're into at the time yeah. at the moment, it suits. But yeah, man, that's that's the home life, which is great. Like we try to be outside a lot too during the day. We get Archie out, and that was another thing was you know making sure you get the the right amount of UV rays, so you, your body, you, it's okay, your rhythm knows night from day, that kind of thing. For him yeah. more than us, like, you know, getting him out in the sun. Even for us, it's crazy the amount of people that are vitamin mm. D deficient because they just don't yeah. get out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, and don't do, don't do your own research, but I've yeah. never <laughs> been someone big on sunscreen anyway. Yeah. But thankfully with my complexion, which probably comes from my heritage, I don't, I don't really wear it. In 30 years, we might be having a different conversation, but no. you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I need to 
you know, wear sunglasses, a hat, zinc, and you know, blah, blah, like it's nothing wrong with getting getting a little bit of sun and feeling that warmth. And you know, even if it's you know, I don't, I don't even, I'm not a, someone that runs crazy amounts like you, but if I do a five k run, you know, that's only you know twenty to twenty five minutes out in the sun. Don't laugh. I know no, it's no, no, fifteen good, minutes for you, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I'm out in the sun for that amount of time, and I'm I'm fairly health conscious. Like I. I like to keep it balanced, but I like to try and make the right choices. And also, I've been like that for quite a while, but now I feel like I'm setting an example. Like, setting habits for life and for, for Archie. So, you know, even if... Well, Fee's doing the run for the kids, so she's, you know, we've been going for runs together with the pram. Yeah. You know, it's just, it just, you know, he doesn't really know how we're doing, but one day, like, oh, I'm that. it's just normal to him. is for us to... Like, like, music is for me, I want healthy choices to be for him you know as well as music or whatever it is he wants to do um and if i'm on the road like my routine can be anything from it can be pretty stupid like you get up in all hours of the morning to get to a plane or you might have to drive like in the early days like driving eight hours to the next gig like you would literally go in the uh, get up like you'd sleep in the van in some car park some this is in the early days and then you'd drive how many hours get there stretch your legs just go and set up at the next venue um, get get food maybe have a few beers play get out do it the next day and it'd just be like and we used to do me and a mate Tom Richardson who I'm doing some more shows with soon um, we used to do the East Coast, go to South Australia, go to WA, and just relentless, like, you know, just go away three weeks at a time and do, like, five gigs a week. And it was, so, like, it was so much fun, though, like, you know. Yeah, so how does that, though, like, going to the gym for an hour a day, eating mm. healthy, when you're on the road, mm. is that just, how do you go maintaining that? So, yeah, well, I tend to have, there's always someone else around me for one reason, where there's someone in my band that, is like-minded or someone I'm touring with is like-minded. Um, yeah, it does. Like these days, I don't have to go for as, away for as long a stint. So, and I've kind of designed it that way, so I'm not away for long periods. Um, you know, not CRG um, and be at home and stuff. So now I just train as hard, like quite hard while I'm at home, or quite re- as much as I can while I'm at home. Eat really well do my fasting and then if I've got like a, a drive where I know I can't really stop and like get a healthy meal it's going to be if I'm going to eat it's going to be some crap out of the servo I'll do a fast day and then when I get to the venue or, or somewhere nearby the venue just make the best choice I can then yeah. but admittedly like I I, try, I actually have one day where I'm just relaxed as like I was going man if I want to have you know what it a party or whatever like i'll have it i'm not stupid like i'm not crazy strict on it but i just like to majority of the time yeah make the um make the healthy choices yeah um where the fasting idea come from uh mike mosley is it dr mike mosley it's the five and two two diet yeah so intermittent fasting um i i read something about it and then I saw a, a program of his on ABC I think or SBS and um, I was like this is interesting and then read more about it another study that was done on the same thing and I was like 
this seems suitable for me because you know I'd been through the whole thing you know between working at a bank and doing music I had part other part-time jobs like I worked in a gym for a while and so I was you know all like food diary and everything which you may still do with your calorie intake or whatever no I'm not too bad like yeah we just try to eat you know real food here yeah yeah Yeah. process stuff and eat a lot of good fresh you know the veggie patch out here we feel like fruit and veggie yeah yeah but um yeah, I know that fasting stuff. Like the amount mm. of fat stores your body has, mm. it's amazing. Like, oh, on a Sunday, um, I think I do, you know, 35 k or whatever. Yeah, it might just have a you know, black coffee with a bit of butter in it, just to turn on your fat burners, and then go out yeah. and bang out thirty five k. Your body's yeah. amazing. What yeah, you can and, do. You, and like that thing you're talking about, the, the just the fat in your coffee that like sends your body into a ketogenic yeah. state, so you start using the fat cells. And like I've done keto, um, uh, keto diet as well where you tap into what you've already got. Um, but yeah, I felt like the intermittent fasting was something I can do any uh, do easily. And within a couple of weeks, I was, you know, I just drink a heap of water. I had black coffee in the morning. Yeah. And occasionally I have like a peppermint tea or maybe in a second like short black or something yeah. around lunchtime. But I don't need, like I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine. So if I had like a black like plunger coffee in the morning, or double espresso. I'm sweet for yeah. the day, you know. Like, Unreal. Have you got yeah. one of those like mocha? See that one? I got one of those. Like, I have one of those little um, what are they call percolators. Yeah, yeah. And now I've got the plunger. I just yeah. wanted to change it up, so I've been using yeah. the plunger for a while, and that's that's yeah. Oh, back to our Airbnb in Rome. That was the first time we used. Yeah. One and we just that was the first time we bought. Oh, came so back good. Yeah. It's so good. I got one the same size, but it's red. Yeah. yeah it's in our. We've got an apartment in Melbourne. It's in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're real good. Yeah. Um, and then exercise as well. So it's a pretty strict routine for that gym session every um, day. Yeah, so I split it up because um, I was doing CrossFit a few years back and I just felt that I wasn't getting enough rest. Um, and it was just, I was starting to break down a bit. So now I've gone back to a bit more of a traditional, almost, I guess, not a bodybuilding split, but it's more like, you know, I'll do chest and back on the same day, but like superset. So I'm always moving kind of thing. So I'll pick like four exercises of chest, four of back, pair them off, and just go three sets of 15 all through them. Just, and I'm normally 40, 45 minutes, I can get in and out. I hate laboring, like slacking off in the gym and cooling off and talking, like getting it done. Then I do like another day where it's shoulders, arms, and then I, like today I did a leg day. Sometimes my leg day will be, I'll do a run and then like 100 just body weight squats hundred lunges and then do like 150 double unders with a skipping rope yeah um yeah i'm actually i'm wanting to get into more running i'm reading um born to run at the moment oh, the tara rama people yeah. um that's what i want to do like i read yeah. that and i'm just like i just want to quit my job yeah. move to mexico yeah find these guys and just run ultra marathons yeah time. man oh, and even this like because i'm someone who believes that we've kind of taken things too far and reading about the whole yeah. when you know in the 70s when nike introduced the running shoe like that was when the increase in running injuries started to go up plantar fasciitis yeah. um here's me i'm pushing my heel yeah back. yeah so heel, yeah. yeah like ankles knees yeah. <laughs> and i and i think i've spoken to you about this before i'm like oh, i only do 5k's because at my weight like i'm 98 kilos or something yeah. They're fit 98. Like, yeah, yeah. To explain to the listener, yeah, you're not. Oh, a, look, I'm shredded. You're not. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, like I'm in okay shape, but yeah. 98 kilos. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not 
I'm not holding too much body fat or whatever, but my my right knee gets sore. And then I started reading this book. I'm like, shit, I'm why am I, I'm spending like three hundred dollars on a pair of shoes, and apparently the more expensive or more features a shoe has, the worse it is for you. So this morning, as of this morning, I put on my cons, like my chucks, flat sole. It didn't rub because I did something stupid, I'll tell you about in a second. <laughs> and just started walking in those. So just going back to like, it's like sometimes I always love to be barefoot. And like I turn up here barefoot. I love just being barefoot anyway. And then so why when I want to really put my foot on the stress, do I put them in a pair of shoes and throw them out of balance? Yeah. So that all makes sense to me. But yeah, and like I got a little bit too excited about the whole barefoot thing. I was out at Mount Hope a few days ago, which is a yeah. uh, like limestone. Midiana, yeah, like yeah, area, and that's yeah. always like Leechville. And um, it wasn't that hot a day, and I was just I only had thongs on. I started walking up, and I was like, oh, I'll just kick off the shoes in this round. It's kind of rough, and so you know, when you walk on like the bitumen, and your feet kind of go numb a little bit. Like, oh, that's all sweet. And what I didn't realize, like I got back down, I'm like, oh, my feet feel weird. I thought I'd maybe strained something or... Anyway, I did, what I didn't realize is my feet had gone numb, but the stone, the, the mount was actually really hot. And so I've got blisters on my feet <laughs> from doing that, which is which is classic me. But um, yeah, and with my running, I'm just want to get back to that, you know. Because even that whole fun run scene, like, mm. is Faye doing 15k run? No, nah, she's just still on the fly. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, she's only, she hasn't done a lot of running since Archie's been born. Like, he takes up a fair bit of yeah, energy. Imagine, yeah. yeah, you know, and she still keeps fit. Like, she, we, we walk a lot and she, she does other sort of resistance, a little bit of resistance stuff. But um, she was always an okay runner, but yeah. she was the same thing, sort of stuck to that sort of 5k yeah. mark. But I think we both would really like to get. Go get further. I just love the endorphin rush I get after a run. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I don't get that from other exercise. I get, I get that feeling when I get off stage, yeah, which yeah. you know what I mean. So, and that's probably one of the things that keeps you coming back to running, keeps me coming back to what I do. Yeah. So if I can get it somewhere oh. else, I'm probably just maybe just a bit of a junkie for it. We had that same story this morning. We had the sportsman's um. Chicken over Sports Day of the Year awards last night. So like late night, had to run at five o'clock this morning and I had to do like some two hundred meter reps. They like kind of six K out of New York by six K finished out the front here. So I'm just sprinting up and down this street. <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. And then you come inside buzzing like yeah. and it was two hundred meters, so they don't kill you, but you still get that endorphin yeah. kick. It's just um unreal. But that whole running scene, like, especially once you get past the five K mark, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'll do the Great Ocean Road half marathon. Or yeah. I can, like I watched Carly do it. Like never played sport whole way through school. Like ran the Berlin Marathon last year just yeah, because yeah. she kind of she's doing half marathons that you know here there and everywhere and just this massive world opens up to you. And then I saw it with myself. Like you just personally gain confidence and it's but it's a hard um or it's hard to get from nothing to pass that five k to then ten yeah. k like it's, you see some people get injured with the shoes that's and that's it they increase that's too, too quickly yeah and that's the thing i've found is like trying to get past that 5k point like my body getting past it like i got to a point where and again this is nothing to you but i got down to four minute k's on the yeah. floor and i was like that was me even when i played footy as a young as a younger guy like i wasn't i was never running that like and yeah. that for me i was like hell yeah and then Sure enough, something went like you know, and just knocked me back. It's like shit, you know, five k's, yeah. five k's the limit. But I think yeah, if I can get around the 
I think the shoe thing is going to be huge. Yeah. Oh, and Jack Eddie, like, I'll kick my shoes off there all yes, the time. Yes, I was just going to say. Like, those orals yeah. are mint for um, barefoot yeah. running. It's unreal. And that's my game plan. Just got to be careful. Like, you can't go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do, yeah, build it up. But you sound like your feet are pretty strong. Yeah, they do. You've do. been testing them out a bit as it is. But that's that whole, like, I never run four minute Ks. I'm rather running 4.30s, like 4.30s, 4.20s yeah, on a recovery right. run, or yeah. we're going three minutes, yeah. 3.05s. Like, yeah. it's that whole, you know, if you said to me I'm doing 5Ks at four minutes, I'd be saying, well, do 8K at five minutes. Yeah. And then do 9K, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. maybe run a quick K in the middle sometimes. And yeah. Yeah, so it's that whole getting past that, um, yeah, which is interesting. Good, but it's no, so good, yeah. It's like getting so, coached. Yeah, yeah. Keep. I'll send you an invoice next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, be, we'll break even for the interview. Um, I'm, way, I'm way more expensive. Time, <laughs> time's ticking, and I know I'm cautious of time because we've both got to be places. But I'd love to... Canadian tour. I've been to Canada mm-hmm. once and absolutely loved it. But what about any other, like, travelling, like, highlights? Some oh, amazing places yeah. you've been. Hard question, I know, no. here, there, and everywhere. Um, I've got a few that I hold pretty dear um we i proposed to my wife in tuscany on a farm stay on like this huge property we had this beautiful old farmhouse um surrounded by like all it was like exactly as you can imagine tuscany to be it is like got me (laughs) and it was and i got yeah it was yeah man it's hard to explain how good it was to be honest um and i if she had have said no, it was going to be a really awkward <laughs> holiday, but thankfully she said yes. I think doing it in Tuscany was probably the right move. Um, yeah. So yeah, Tuscany, um, my wife's from Ireland. She was born in Limerick. Um, I love going to Ireland. The people are just so much fun. All, all, all of it, like, you know, the old pubs are great, the old traditional music, just, and just the, they've all got that gift of the gay. Like you just laugh while you're there. So it's cool. Um, Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I was gonna. Move, we were thinking about moving there at one stage. Never say never. Um, love Austin. Nashville's cool too. Um, New York. Anyone, anyone that's been in New York knows New York's amazing. New York Marathon. Oof. Put that on your list. Yeah, yeah. It's they let me walk. I was talking to a guy last night who did the. Um, he won. It was at the sports stadium. He won what? the not the wheelchair like Kurt Fernley, but yeah. the hand cycle one what? and because it's so hilly because you go to the like five different boroughs and stuff you're going over all these got oh, massive dude. bridges he said his like heart rate was like a 192 average for the whole I'm going to wow. interview him I got his phone number yeah. he started at the bottom of the hill he's just like for a second go and just like because like, all he's oh, using is, does it have gears or is it fixed? don't know if gears but no, I think like, they would have got it I don't know. have to but yeah never heard of him before and I'm just like man why isn't your story Jesus yeah. I'll have to get him on for sure yeah um, yeah any other spots um. Oh man. Um. I mean, I love where we live. You know, mm. I live here for a reason. I don't, we don't have to live here. I live here because I love it. You 100%. know, man. Like, uh, like we just said, I've been lucky enough to go to some amazing places. But when it's quiet and it's not, you know, weather like we got today was it like not quite thirty degrees? Yeah, like 30 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the river's quiet there's no but like just cruise down there you know, I'm going to stand on my feet you know, ankle deep and just breathe it in man or, or go out to like Bar- the Barmer Lakes or the Narrows just out past coming there and yeah. go fishing or or you go to a local cafe and you see 
half a dozen people you know while yeah. you're having your coffee. Like you don't get that in the city. No. You don't get that in a lot of places. That's we're exactly the same yeah. here. Like even we stayed here for yeah. six weeks holidays. And we're like, oh, we'll go away, and then we're just like, no, nah. be good to kind of just go for a swim, <laughs> yeah. read a book. Like why would we go to Bali when we can yeah. chill out here and yeah, yeah, yeah and, um, I, and I and those things are good. Don't yeah, those things are good. You know and. This place gets cold in the winter and admittedly not everyone likes the cold and I don't really like the cold. It's worse places to be, but that's when I go, all right, I'm going to go do a tour of Canada for yeah. a month and then we'll go to Ireland for a couple of weeks or we'll go to Thailand or yeah. Bali and just relax on the beach. And yeah, man. And, and I'm one of those people that every time I travel, my bucket list doesn't get shorter. It just mm-hmm. keeps growing because it's, you'll hear about something or you'll be so close to somewhere and you get another suggestion or you'll see something on a yeah. mag- in a magazine or on TV and you're like, oh man, I've got to go there. Yeah. Or, yeah. We're a bit the same, like we did, had done a bit of Asia before and then mm. Europe was the first bit like last year and just nailed, um, well, we went to Prague, Berlin, Paris, Amsterdam, Barcelona and Valencia and Spain yeah. and then Rome and then we come back and we're just like, all right, Europe trip this year. Yeah. What, yeah, Portugal, I think. You've been to Portugal? Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah. So I'm going to do like Berlin Marathon again and then we've got yeah. two weeks post-race and oh. it's like, yeah, Portugal's looking good, are we thinking at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, what, what month are you going to go? Uh, it's going to be just, yeah, end of September. Yeah. So it's still, it'll still be good in Spain, but yep. everywhere else will be starting to cool down a bit. Yeah. So that's another thing why it's appealing. Yeah, I'm going to be doing Canada for like, the end, the end of August and the start of September, or the first half of September, but around that, like we're gonna just basically fly to Ireland, Fiji, you can hang in Ireland. I'll go to Canada, but I really want to go to Marrakesh in Morocco. Yeah. It's only like hundred and fifty dollars to fly from oh, Ireland to Morocco. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm flying it a whole day. I might as well yeah. do something while I'm here. Final question, mate. No, I'll look out. Any um. Any mantras or like routines, like Benny Walker lives by this mantra or has this routine every day and if he doesn't do it, he's kind of off for the day or anything? Um, No, one thing I always keep in mind is whenever I meet someone, I try to see a bit of myself in them or something of myself in them. And I feel if everyone took the time to try and see a bit of themselves and everybody else, There'd be the world would be a lot better place to live. People there'd be a bit more empathy and understanding of each other, um, and uh, a lot less anger in the world. And, and people get a little bit more perspective on on uh, how other people live and 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 how and how they actually um, are themselves and the way they act, especially some of these old white guys. <laughs> That are that are running things at the moment, but yeah, that's something I always try to keep in mind. Yeah, and routines like you meditate or anything any day, or you've yeah, got yeah. So I yeah, I normally try and do um, mindfulness meditation in the morning. Do you use a program or anything, or you just go? Yeah, actually, just as much as I hate using technology in conjunction with it on flight mode, I have a meditation mat, Taoist meditations. Yeah, and that has like a, a bell that rings. And it's great for the mindfulness stuff too because yeah. it keeps you in the place. Um, read every night before I go to sleep. Yeah. Because I was someone that always struggled to sleep. So now I read. And I, there's certain things that really connect with me. Like the same Alan Watts stuff. There's a book by Dr. Wayne Dyer called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. It's basically the Tao Te Ching. Um, 
uh, he, each verse of the Tao Te Ching broken down to a chapter. And that's a great book. I read that one in the morning normally, so I'll do meditation, read a chapter of uh, Wayne Dyer's um, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And then at night time, my reading is something different, so at the moment it's... Um, Born to run. To run. I'll yeah. give you some more. I'll give you some other good yeah. books. That, yeah. yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You'll be a runner by the end of the week. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then just because like this mindfulness stuff, where's all that? I know. Like I've been reading up as well. Like I'm trying to meditate. That was my whole New Year's. Mm. So I just download the Headspace app, pay the subscription. Yep. Trying to do the ten minutes of that. I'm still crap at it. Like. Yeah. I'm still sitting there thinking about all the things I've got to do for the day or how far I'm running or whatever. Well, there's it is. Uh, different but types. I'm trying. There's different yeah. types of meditation too. Like I was, I was doing one where it was for lack of a better thing, they called it planning meditation, where you literally just go, you actually lay out your agenda in your mind, but it's why you've got time to do it. And then I found when I was doing that that I breathed through all those things. Like not, you know, when you if sometimes it feels like in your mind you've got too many tabs open. Yeah. It was basically sorting those into an agenda and I was finding it much easier to, to, to get clarity on what needed to happen that day and go about my, my tasks and you know I, I know what takes priority which email is the most urgent from the day if I didn't get to one or what I want to chase up or other things I might need to do around the house um, yeah that was good in that planning meditation so and is that when other ideas kind of pop into your mind you're like oh that one's popped in and like yeah no, I haven't so found. Much. No, I haven't found that so much. I'd love, I'd love, it. especially if it's inspiration for, for yeah. songwriting. You know, I take that whenever I can get it. I get that when I'm running, but it's usually like ah, uh, email. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. All a good idea. I'm just like, oh, we should start an athletics club here and get the funding from the clubs to fund the club and like yeah. little things like that. You're yeah, always... that sort of stuff happens more on a morning walk for me. Like yeah. that sort of in between the completely still and the and the higher intensity stuff yeah. when I'm out and just cruising and there's nothing really to think about but you think about yeah I can't yeah. think I use the time like how good would it be to get a hall in town and put a, a, a permanently put a PA in there and then me start booking good acts like to come or why doesn't the local market instead of having some old timer with his backing tracks get three young people doing 45 minutes set each and like you know, which I'm still, these are things I would love to still follow up. But yeah, you can't, I can't with those kinds of ideas. Mm. Or, or even just a line will just pop in my head and I have to write that line down or remember that line. Three so that. then I've got to uh, say it over and over in my head, yeah. like for the rest of the walk home. Right, like a full path. Yeah. yeah. Get a rock. <laughs> um, yeah, very good. And what about like, you can't, everything you've said today, like I didn't know the mindfulness stuff, I didn't know the kind of, we spoke about that electricity and then mm. Wi-Fi and all that kind of thing. Sustainability is that mm. another thing that's yep. And yeah, it comes back looking, to the indig- indigenous your, yeah, upbringing as well. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just looking at your solar panels at the back, and um, you know, I just think it's crazy that we still rely so heavily on coal. The government just signed up the other week for a whole new. Yeah. I know. It's coal. Crazy, when yeah. we've got we've got the wind and the sun that's and all this free land that we could put exactly farms and yeah and I don't I, I can't say for sure where this comes from in me all of these things that we're talking about but I feel like a custodian of, of, of the land to an extent which is what I guess we are as indigenous people is the people like we were taught to, we grew up or evolved um, 
living with, you know, in harmony with it. Like, We're talking 50,000 years exactly. ago. Exactly. Like how well And was I was that? having this conversation, I can't remember who it was with, but just like a week ago, it's like there's going to be a shift back. When you go, oh, what? Maybe these guys were onto something. It's like, no shit. Like, yeah. how long do you think they tried it for? Like, even things like. So, we have a lot of problem with bushfires in the summer. It's like, well, if. You, you know, what they used to do was burn it all off when it was cooler, do it, or a wet burn, they used to call it. And then when it gets to the dry season, there's not all this shit lying on the forest floor, you know what I mean? It's fuel, which, yeah. which is. Which is Crazy, but you know, there's a million things you could take from all the different indigenous cultures in the world, and that's the thing. And and all of them run quite parallel, especially when I've been to North America, and I've been lucky enough to have quite a bit to do with the um the the mob up there, um, and especially the Six Nations um, people, um, and their story with with um you know with Europeans coming and mm. stuff like that, and the way they were treated, and their kids being taken away, and land rights and all that kind of stuff and I think it's any wonder some of these older people get frustrated Andy because you know well the whole <laughs> land rights thing like they yeah. were looking after the land so they were moving around yeah. and then all of a sudden no you weren't permanent in one spot so we can't give it any back to you yeah. what got me was especially when we're in Europe like we're looking at these museums and Colosseum and all this kind of stuff and I had to catch myself because I remember Carly was walking in front of me and I said ah oh, come back here have a look at this this thing's 4,000 years old mm. and we were lined up here for an hour to get in here da, da, da. and then I'm like hang on 4,000 50,000 yeah. how much attention are we spending with indigenous culture in mm. Australia how do we kind of shun it and don't want to know about it let's all move on yeah, yeah. Now, everyone's lined up yeah. to see these museums yeah, with yeah. things worth 4,000 years That's yeah I think it's something that, yeah. that should be embraced and celebrated by all Australians like it's a you know everyone that lives in this country should be proud that we have this incredibly old culture embrace it try and learn from it you know I think there's so much to be learnt so much to be learnt so many relationships in different ways to be made whether it's whether it is working with government whether it's just personal relationships you know it's all going to make the world a better place like it's turning that starting to it's, it is it's it going is. to be slow I, even more people like, educated like we were saying even since we went to school like you can feel the shift obviously there's still some very loud voices out there saying some really yeah and they're the ones they put thing. the microphone in front of yeah. exactly but I, was, I did a show down in Belgrave on survival day and like I said to the people there I said we're right the people there considered the lefties or the whatever that's just the label. We're right. There's, there's nothing wrong with having compassion for other people or caring about the environment. or You know, there's no stigma attached. That's just right. Mm. You know, raping the earth and and um, shunning or, or abusing people because they're a different colour, they're a different sex or different um, sexual preference or whatever it may be you know that's wrong there's no doubt in my mind the difference between right and wrong in those senses um and yeah anyway, that's my what do you think about um only because i listen to briggs on 
Will Anderson's podcast. Yep. And Triple J, like, with the hottest 100 on Australia Day, or Survival mm. Day, Invasion mm. Day. Mm. Like, it's just, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Oh, it is to me. Yeah. yeah. It's to me, and I'm white. Yeah. yeah. Irish heritage, like, it's yeah. a day when, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a day of mourning. Yeah. And even for that song to come in that high. Yeah. And Paul Gallagher. Well, that was ironic, it. and that was, like, yeah. that was... That was like an an in joke for a lot of people. Yeah, knew it was an in joke. Like, a bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey guys, um, it's a day of mourning. You know? Like, I think in the song Gen twenty six, Briggs, you know, let's celebrate March eighth and, and do it on your nan's grave, yeah. which is basically like you're celebrating. These people are celebrating on a day where our ancestors, were many of, not it's not like it all happened in one day, yeah. but that was beginning, the beginning of. A pretty dark time in Australia's past, yeah. and people are celebrating on it. It's like, do you actually get a, you know, yeah. a, a grasp on on what that date stands for? Back to that like, uneducation, though, isn't it? Exactly, like, and like a lot of these kids, are like, oh wait. The good thing I found, because it's one of those days that me and many other um, friends I have. Like, you get anxious in the lead up to it because you know the shit you're going to see on Facebook oh. or on the news and blah, 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 blah. But majority this year of the things I saw were really positive and from young white males. And these aren't guys that are like, you know, consider, you'd consider like hippies or whatever. These are young blokes that are just your blue-collar young Australian guys who were totally for the change to date. Well, I guess we can call it a campaign because enough people got behind it. And who was the the dickhead that made himself look like an absolute fool was, of course, one of our old white men that sits in fucking power in this country come out and say, and wish they go back and hide under their rocks. Like, mate, well, thankfully, or hopefully, people with that mindset are of a generation that aren't too far from just being extinct anyway and these young guys who have who have been have compassion or have educated themselves one way or another some people you know learn the hard way some people not so much whatever that may be but um you know I think the future is is bright I think it's um it's going to be a long conversation. Some people don't have it from both sides, mm. but it has to be had. Like, it's times when it makes me like, like it's like I said, coming up to like Gen Twenty Six. It, it makes me anxious because I know what I'm going to see. I almost have to just stay offline yeah. or not read. I don't read papers or watch the news anyway. I freaking hate it because it's never good news. But yeah, man. I prefer listening to podcasts. Yeah. But then you find yourself though, you're like, why am I reading some random guy's comments that have That's X what... amount of likes? And it's yeah. like, get yourself off this. It's all that dopamine kind of hit that you're even doing in the first place. It's yeah. um but I think even people educating themselves, you know, they're switching off now and they know yeah. that's not healthy to be yeah. to be checking it that way. Yeah. It's um have you read David Hunt's True True Gert? Mm-mm. That's a good like. I remember he had Osher Ginsberg interviewed him, and yeah. he just like he's almost comedic in the way he writes about just facts of what happened yeah. with the first settlement, and like he just goes into detail describing the treatment of Indigenous people in Tasmania. Like <laughs> none left there. Wait, like, people don't understand. Absolutely, they were going. For, they were going for wipeout. Yeah, is what they were trying to do. hundred percent. Yeah, like and that, that's <laughs> people say things like, um, you know. Like, something you're too sensitive or get over it and like it's a little hard to get over 
when no one's made you know, people haven't made an effort to understand it in the first place yeah. you know what I mean and so one of the most infuriating things for someone to for me to hear or for someone to say is move on or get over it you know whenever I see that it, it, and I'm at a point now where I used to be way more aggressive these days you know like it's not worth my energy 10 years ago I was a different person but now it still makes my blood boil, but I've got the composure to go. The hardest thing to do is stay calm and try and educate someone mm. when they're being ignorant like that. Well, what was the um, oh, it was the quote from who was it? Yeah, don't. Oh, I can't remember it. Don't criticize what you can't understand. Or you yeah. don't know. Was it? Um, I know it was, but it's the same kind of thing. Like these yeah. people have a voice. Same thing, I've had people before tell me what I've, you know, I'll say, oh, I've read a book about how bad sugar is. Oh, it's okay, you can eat a bit of sugar, and all of a sudden you're in an argument. Yeah, yeah. You're walking away going, just give them the book. Oh, you read the same book that I've read, then we'll talk. Like, we're on a, don't criticise what you can't understand, something like that. You're on a different level. And and, and that's what's happened now with, I really don't want to go on this track too far, but Donald Trump. Man, he just lies, and he'll just say it enough times that people go, well, fuck, it must be true. Because people can't be bothered doing the research, especially the people that have voted for him. <laughs> They're just, oh, really? Oh, God, well, we can't have that. Let's vote for Donald Trump. It's like, God, you're such a fucking idiot. Like, I got so frightened, and as much as I'm, like, I'm, like have you read Russell Brand's Revolution? Uh, no, I've read it. You need to read Revolution. Basically, the whole time, 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 I was like, democracy's fucked anyway. We don't need politicians. Or, and like, it doesn't, it's not going to affect me. It's not, and, or it's not, you know, it's all it's, it's, yeah, these 1%. Yeah. Just looking after themselves, really. Huh? <laughs> Let's not go any further on this. <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole other podcast. That is, yeah. I'll get you around in a month. We'll do it all again. Mm-hmm. What about upcoming shows? Social media? Social Where can media. people yep. um, get you? Facebook, Benny Walker. Just give it a search. Um, Instagram, Benny underscore Walker. Twitter, Benny underscore Walker. Website, BennyWalkerMusic.com. Um as far as local, I'm doing a show on the MV Marianne on the right. 9th of April uh, with a good friend of mine, Tom Richardson, that I was speaking about earlier. We're also just putting together another run of intimate shows. We've got um, some real cool stuff that I'm going to be doing this year. All like For the first few months of this next stint of touring, it'll be shows that are capped at like 100 or less. So it'll be like backyard secret garden gigs and little holes and yeah it's going to be heaps of fun just me pretty much all me solo gigs till later in the year um, and putting out a new EP probably end of April I'd say um, yeah so check my eye on that um, and if anyone wants to check out dates they're all on the socials beautiful mate thanks for your time thanks so thanks much thanks for the chat we could have went all night I reckon I reckon so let's do it again yeah let's definitely do it again Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. that was Benny Walker as I said pretty stoked with that chat 
Um, especially guys like Benny who do media and stuff all the time, but very rarely do you get to have really in-depth conversations with them. So I um, was super stoked to get him around and very grateful that he gave up some time. If you like that stuff, be sure to um, let somebody else know. There's some pretty good, pretty good messages in there, especially that stuff about Indigenous rights and if that's something you're passionate about, like I am, um, yeah, definitely be sure to spread the word. Cheers. I'll be back next week with another show. Not sure who I've got coming up next week, but um, got a few up my sleeve. Not sure who will roll out. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 